And so it just became so apparent to me, like, I am not alone in this. And this is something that needs to be spoken about because all of the feelings that I had felt, all of that trauma, all of that darkness, it put me into a deep depression for about eight months. It really did. It just needs to be talked about. Professional dancer Jenna Johnson is a powerhouse on and off the dance floor. I've been utterly amazed at how talented she is as I've watched her on Dancing with the Stars. But I've also been so impressed at how candid and open she's been about her struggle with infertility. During our conversation, we talk all about her time on Dancing with the Stars, including her love story with her husband Val, another professional dancer on the show. And she shares about the highs and lows of trying to start a family. Now, I want to share a trigger warning for listeners. We will be talking about miscarriage and pregnancy loss. Jenna opens up about her traumatic miscarriage experience and the emotions that followed. And she offers advice for others going through something similar and how we can be a supportive friend. She also shares the pure joy of welcoming her first child, a baby boy named Rome, and how her life has changed since becoming a mom. Do you feel like other moms have life all figured out? Well, as the mother of seven, I can tell you that we are all just doing our best and making it up as we go along. But at least we have each other. I'm Vanessa Quigley, and welcome to the Mom Force Podcast, brought to you by Chatbooks. But before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about a brand new product we have here at Chatbooks. Father's Day, it's almost here, and we've added some fun new interactive books to our Chatbooks shop. Now, Chatbooks always make the best gifts, but mix in some of our interactive pages where kids can jot down little handwritten notes and darling doodles, and your dad will be done for. And this year, we have some different designs specifically for kids 10 and under, as well as older kids, too. These super personalized books are truly one of my very favorite products that we offer. So be sure to download the Chatbooks app and check them out. Hello, hello. Welcome, Jenna, to the Mom Force. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) I have to say, I feel uh, a little bit of a connection to you because I had no idea when I first saw you on Dancing with the Stars that you were from Utah. Yes, I am a Utah native. I, I've been out in LA for 10 years now, and I still refer to Utah as home. So it's it has my heart. Well, I, I was born in Salt Lake when my dad was in law school at the U, and then I lived the rest of my life in Florida. Okay. But I came back to Utah for BYU, and I loved the novelty of living in the West in the snow. But after, after college, I was ready to get back to the coast, and I thought, I will never live in Utah again. I don't really need to do that. But 10 years ago, we moved our family here, so we are officially Utahns, and I love uh, that we have that in common. I Yeah, I'm a Utah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's so fascinating to me how many incredible professional dancers there are from Utah. What What's up with that? <laughs> I think in general, Utah is a massive hub for dance. I think there's a lot of discipline there. I think there are a lot of athletic bodies. And I think that dance just kind of blew up in Utah. It it really did. And on our show currently, we have four, excuse me, we have six people from Utah on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, Whitney, Brandon, Ezra, Alexis, myself. So amazing. 
Amazing. Wild. Well, and there there are so many, I feel like, dance competition TV shows to help showcase all that talent. And, and you, Jenna, you have an incredible fan base. I have to say, when I announced that I was interviewing you, I've never had so many people with so many questions. So Really? <laughs> yes, oh, I know. So A lot of fans. I'm excited to get to know you better. Can we start from the beginning, your childhood. I would love to hear about your childhood. Growing up in Utah, there are so many big families here in Utah. Do you come from a big family too? I do. So I am one of six and I loved growing up in a big family. There was always somebody to do something with. There was always a friend. And I have two older sisters that were actually dancers. And so my mom put them in dance and I was just always dragged along to their dance classes. And my mom said that I would always try to sneak into the dance class and I wanted to be part of it and do everything. And truly from my earliest memory, the only thing that I've ever wanted to do is dance. I just, yeah. nothing else really interested me. I mean, I love being active. I love outdoors. My family made sure that we we were always doing things, activities, but I just was so set on dancing. And it became an issue kind of in high school because I told my parents, my dad and I were laughing, actually, I was just visiting home, um, I think two weeks ago. And he was like, do you remember sitting in this kitchen when you were 16 years old? And I was crying for some reason. And he was like, and you were just telling me, all I want to do is be famous and go to LA and dance. And he told me he was just sitting there like rolling his eyes, like what on earth? I have a psychotic daughter. And, (laughs) you know, lo and behold, I ended up in LA on a dancing show. But yeah, I just, I always was obsessed with it. I was so determined, so driven by it. I loved, I loved every part of it. And so, Yeah. yeah, I grew up doing a lot of that. I wish looking back, I would have told my high school self or my middle school self, like, just be a kid. Enjoy it. Like, it's okay if you miss dance or if you want to go out with your friends. Some personalities don't work that way. (laughs) No. But, you know, I, I don't regret any of it because I think it's all led me to where I am right now. Yeah. But regardless of that, um, yeah, I, I had the best childhood growing up in Utah as well. Um, when I think of Utah, I just think of the four seasons that yeah. you enjoy and get to live in. And I don't miss though, I will say I don't, I am now definitely a Cali girl where I don't miss the winters. Like I love oh. it on Christmas, but I'm just, you know, I'm now like, I love sunshine <laughs> all year round mostly. I like to visit the snow too. We moved to LA after we finished college here in Utah. And I was like, I don't ever need to go anywhere else. <laughs> this was, it was know, perfect. Yeah. It was expensive and there was a lot of traffic, but it's, it makes sense why there is. Um, Okay. So I'm so curious. You wanted to dance forever, but did you know what a professional dance career looked like? I mean, now with all of these shows that are so popular, it feels like there, there actually is a path to become a professional dancer. I'm wondering if you could speak to parents who have daughters who are saying, this is all I want to do with my life. What advice would you give them? There was never really a true, like here here is a professional dancer career workbook or what showed you how you get from A to B. And so, you know, I, and really dance didn't start becoming popular on TV. I mean, there was like star search was one of, one of a, uh, one of the shows like a talent show, but really I think it's when dancing with the stars started as well as, so you think you can dance where you started to see that you could potentially pursue a career 
just dancing Mm -hmm. and that you could make a living for yourself. And so I'll never forget um, Julianne Huff, actually. She is also from Utah. And she went to – she had lived in London for a while doing competitive ballroom, but she moved back to Utah. And I think she was doing her senior year of high school in Utah. And I saw her do a show, and I just absolutely fell in love with ballroom. And I begged my mom, like, please, can I take some lessons with her? I just think she's like the most stunning human I've ever, ever seen. And so I ended up being able to take some lessons with her. I think we would have like Friday lessons, just me and her. And she really helped me, I think, inspired me to fall in love with ballroom. I just thought it was so feminine, so powerful, so sophisticated the way that she moved. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, I want to do that. And it's funny because... I would have these lessons with her. And then one time there was this one week and my mom texted her and was like, Hey, just wanted to check on the time for this week. And she was like, hi, Tammy. I'm, I'm actually in LA. I just booked a job called deal or no deal. And literally I never saw her again in Utah. She like from then she booked deal or no deal. And then I think she moved on to dancing with stars, like a little bit later. And she was kind of that vision of, you know, she's, She's this girl who pursued her, pursued her dreams and look where she ended up. So yeah. I think that was a big example for me. You know, there's always been Broadway dancers, which has been amazing for the dance community, that there are so many shows that involve dance. That's also a career path as well. But now as well, there are a lot more schools There are a lot more dance schools, uh, college schools, where you could pursue that route as well. And so my husband and I right now, we teach on a convention circuit with ages from, I think it's 6 to 18. And we always are just trying to preach, like, don't give up on this dream because there are so many ways you could go. You could be a working dancer in L.A., you could be on Broadway in New York, or you could pursue and go get a degree dancing. It's, Mm -hmm. It's pretty incredible. Amazing. So you mentioned your husband, Val, and he has been dancing most of his life too. And I thought I heard somewhere you share that you actually knew of each other way back when in the early days of your ballroom career, because you would see each other at competitions. Now, is that true? And if so, that's amazing. And tell us more. (laughs) Yes, we actually never interacted, but he is a little bit older than I am. He's eight years older. Don't tell him I said that. Mm-hmm. But he is eight years older than I am. And so we were in completely different categories competing. Um, obviously, he was an older one. And so there is a, ironically enough, there is a massive nationals ballroom competition held at BYU in Utah yeah, um, at the Marriott Center. And it happens every year in March. And so always people from the East Coast come. They're like a bunch of Russians coming and Russians dominate the ballroom circuit. They just do. And so I would always try to disguise myself as a Russian from Provo, Utah to try to fit in. But so he came from New York and he had won the amateur division. And I remember watching him and his partner. Like I remember what she was wearing and everything. And I had just never seen talent like this. I was mesmerized. I was like, wow, he ended up winning. I, the next day, ended up winning my category, and I had beaten a lot of his students. And so he remembers being like, who is this chick from Utah that beat our students, like ended up winning? Anyway, so that was like the first time I ever saw him 
we'd seen each other, never interacted, but we had a lot of mutual friends. And then I did move to LA and for Dancing with the Stars and met him on the show and the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is definitely history. <laughs> well, I love that you guys get to work together. And my husband and I, we actually work together too. We co-founded Chatbooks. Every day is an adventure. Um, you know the struggle is real. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> it is It is the biggest blessing of our life, but it also you know, presents a whole new host of challenges. One of the things that works for us is we work on really different parts of the business. So it's not mm. like we don't really report to each other, but I'm just curious about the working relationship that you and Val have, like in the ballroom world where it is such intimate work. Does it ever get tricky? It's funny because we never, like we both pursue dance individually. And then we met on the show. We had this love whirlwind happen right in front of everyone's eyes. And then we were kind of labeled as Jenna and Val, Val and Jenna, always like as a couple, you know, in both our personal relationship, but also kind of in the dance world. And it was a struggle for us a little bit because we didn't sign up to like be working together now. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it, it was a struggle to figure out a nice balance because I am an alpha. He's definitely an alpha. And we had <laughs> to figure out how to navigate and maneuver through who choreographs, who's doing the counts, who's doing this, who's picking the song, all of this stuff. And so it took us a while, but again, like you said, it's the biggest blessing. We, we love what we do. And to share that passion with the person you love most is, is indescribable. Like there's no other feeling like that. Um, but yeah, I think we've now found out a great, a great balance to it. And I think we're an incredible team, but I do think that you know, once you're done with that work, you have to close the door and then come home and just be husband and wife or just be parents. So you can separate it. Okay. Well, actually, this was a question that came from Erica from the Mom Forest. She says, how do you determine when your coworkers and when your spouses? So Mm. where, like, what does that look like, that division for you guys? So when we're when we're on Dancing with the Stars, as soon as we leave rehearsal or as soon as we leave filming this at the studio, we're done and we're now just Jenna and Val. We're now just spouses. We'll help we'll help each other by watching each other's videos and maybe giving some notes, but it's always from like a supportive end of like how was your day, you know, rather than just being like stuck in this chaos of what's happening at work. And then, like I said earlier, we teach on a convention circuit and we are, it's funny because we even had a discussion, like we'll be teaching on stage. And I think one time I called him babe while we were teaching and he was like, we had to have a conversation. He was like, listen, I want to be Val on stage. Like when we're teaching, I don't want to be babe necessarily because that lets then everyone into our personal life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I never thought about it like that because when he said that, I was like, oh yeah, we are then, as soon as we put that curtain down and start getting more personal, like it just lets a whole bunch of can of worms happen. So yeah, we kind of leave it at the door. We walk in, we do our business and then we leave it. That story just reminds me of my husband and I have a very similar story. We were actually pitching Goldman Sachs looking to raise money for our business. And in the pitch, I referred to him as babe. 
and the look on the the woman's face, like clearly we hadn't explained that we are husband and wife. We had, oh my god! Like whoa, whoa, whoa! I could just see her going, "Oh, what is happening here?" She's like, "Wow." So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's smart to create professional boundaries, um, but boundaries. it takes a lot of work. But it's such a blessing to be a partner in your professional life, in your personal life. And I know you guys have just recently embarked on this new part of your partnership as parents, mm-hmm. um, which congratulations. You just celebrated your first Mother's Day. Yes, thank you. And I know you've been very open about your journey with infertility and pregnancy loss. And in fact, can I read this to you? This is something you posted on your Instagram. You say, our experience trying to conceive was much like a lot of yours, unexpected, exciting, devastating, and not how we planned. But with as much heartache that followed miscarrying our first pregnancy, I know without a doubt that it all happened as it should. One in every four pregnancies will end in miscarriage. So for anybody out there silently suffering or struggling, please know you are never alone. And Jenna, I that brought me to tears when I read that because... I was one of those women that experienced an unexpected miscarriage and I felt so alone because I had received advice that don't tell anyone you're pregnant because if it doesn't work out, you don't want to have to make a big deal about it. Yeah. But then I found myself suffering a devastating miscarriage all alone because nobody knew. Yeah. And I, I know you had a similar experience. Yeah. You know, I, I'd always wanted to be a mom. And I think my husband always wanted to be a dad. And we very early on in our relationship, when we were just dating, we had both spoken about wanting to have kids. And you never know what your how your body's going to react until you start trying. Um, and so once we started trying, we I think we initially thought like, oh, as soon as it happens, like we're going to get pregnant, you know. And that wasn't our experience. It, it wasn't. We tried for a year consistently and trying is just, it's exciting, but it is such, it's a chore. It really is. It, it's exhausting. It's draining. I had all these apps when I was ovulating, when the time was right, when it wasn't. So it for a year, it kind of absorbed all of my energy and it just became devastating after every time there was a negative. And I hadn't really ever experienced this with any of my friends because it seemed like they were able to get pregnant so quickly. And so, you know, automatically you start thinking like, well, what's wrong with me? Why mm-hmm. isn't this happening for me? Why is it happening for everybody else? Then you start doubting yourself. You start talking negatively to yourself and it kind of just ruins your intimacy. It really does. Like Mm -hmm. that, that's such a special part as husband and wife. And I felt like it was just forced, but out of love and because we wanted something so bad together. So I ended up getting pregnant and the joy that we felt was beyond. It was, it was, I, I have a recording of it when I found out it was the best day of my life for sure. Um, and it's crazy how you can experience so much joy and then followed by so much devastation and sorrow, like those heightened emotions are crazy. So yeah, I ended up miscarrying. I was, um, we were doing a show in Dallas, Texas, and 
we were rehearsing for the show and it was a huge, huge event that was going to be happening all weekend. And it was Friday and um, Val and I were practicing in the afternoon. We had like blocked out what we were going to be doing for the gala, big, big gala that night. And everyone had seen me, had seen us practicing. And so they knew I was there. Anyway, while we were practicing, I was like, oh my gosh, I think something's happening. Like, I think I might be bleeding. And so I like Mm. turn to Val and immediately his face goes pale white and I start panicking. And so I start running to our hotel room and get to the hotel room and I'm just gushing blood. Mm -hmm. And I ended up miscarrying in our room and it was, it was just terrible. There is no other way to go around it. It's, it's terrible, you know, and there's you're also so helpless. There's nothing you can do in that moment. You know, uh, like I just, I just remember calling my parents and like, what do I do? What do I do? And my dad was just like, just lay down, try to breathe, lay down, try to breathe. You don't know if this is happening. You really don't. Called my doctor. She's trying to tell me the same thing. And, you know, and then she's throughout the word, if you did miscarry, you can come in on Monday. And I was like, is this happening? Mm-hmm. Like, how, who, why is this happening to me? Anyway, so that night there was still a gala and thank goodness my brother-in-law Max was in Dallas with us and he ended up, he and Val ended up doing some performance. I don't even know what they did. The two of them? Yes. They danced together. They like put together a dance and it just also was terrible because we hadn't told Max yet that we were pregnant and Val was so excited to tell him that we were mm-hmm. pregnant. And so he ended up having to find out like, oh, we're pregnant, but we're losing the baby. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was not fun. And then, <clears throat> you know, following that, we came home from that trip and I just had never really heard anybody publicly talk about miscarriage. It was this like taboo hidden subject that people tiptoed around. And so I started watching some YouTube videos about it because I wanted to do some more research and find out why this had happened. And when I started doing research, I found out that it is so common. It's so common. And then once I started finally feeling comfortable enough to open up to some close friends about what had just happened... Literally every single time somebody had either experienced it or their mom had or their sister had, anyone in their circle had experienced a miscarriage. And so it just became so apparent to me, like, I am not alone in this. And this is something that needs to be spoken about because all of the feelings that I had felt, all of that trauma, all of that darkness, it put me into a deep depression for about eight months. It really did it just needs to be talked about. And so I think that's why I wanted to, to be a little bit open about it. I wanted to wait though, until I did become pregnant because I didn't know how long it was going to take me to get pregnant again, or if I would experience a miscarriage again. So yeah, I kind of kept, kept it to myself for two years and I wanted to keep it to myself until Rome was actually here just in case. But after my miscarriage, it took us about another eight months to get pregnant. And honestly, Val and I, we had taken a break for six months because it, you, I mean, you know, it's just, it's a lot. It takes a toll. And I needed to do some like therapy for myself. I needed to get into a better headspace. 
um, and feel more in love with myself and back to like who I was, where I was, what I was worth. So I did that. And, you know, they always say when you're least expecting it or when you're not trying and when you're just relaxed, Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. And I ended up getting pregnant on my birthday. We were in Cabo on a trip together, relaxed, not thinking about it. And it happened. So incredible. Well, I, I think anytime that we are willing to be vulnerable and open up about the hard things that we're going through, we can support each other because we're never going through it alone. And it's just so helpful to hear other people's experiences. I know a lot of people have gained strength from hearing your story. Do you have any advice for, for any of us who might want to support friends that might be going through something similar, things to do or not to do? Yeah, I think, and again, I learned so much during my experience because I was unaware of what could maybe trigger some feelings and what wouldn't. So I think just in general, the questions of when are you going to have kids is yeah. just that, throw that out the window. Don't go there. Let's just mm-hmm. never ask None that. None of your business. It's like so insensitive. But I think if anybody does open up and says like, you know, I did have a miscarriage, I think the most important thing you can do is be there to listen to them, let Mm -hmm. them open up. Maybe don't push if they're not comfortable, but something that was so helpful was just people that would listen to how I was feeling in the moment and it would, it would change. And so I think being open to listening. And then if you have experienced a miscarriage, I think the thing that always made me feel so much more heard and better and not alone was hearing their experience and all of the ups and downs. It just made my emotions feel more validated and like, and also to be able to like go back and forth, like, Oh, I felt that too. And then when this happened, or I had no idea how emotional I'd be when I started my period next, you know, like just things like that, I think helped along the way, but yeah, don't ask, when do you want kids? Because (laughs) you never know. Or even just no. how, how long someone's been trying for. It's, it's, it's such a thing. So Right. Oh, such great advice. Okay. Well, now you have your beautiful rainbow baby. And uh, I am dying to hear what, what has surprised you the most about being a mother. You said you wanted to be a mother your whole life. What, what's the big surprise? Yes. I. <laughs> there's so, so many, many things. <laughs> I know. Honestly, honestly, I didn't know. And it's so cliche, but I didn't know that I was capable of feeling this much love and mm-hmm. that this stranger essentially that was hidden in my belly for nine months came out and I feel like I have known him better and longer than anyone else in my life. And the amount of just love, sheer love for this thing, this little baby is insane. It completely consumes my thoughts, my every emotion, my actions. It's made me such a better human in a sense of, and Val and I were actually talking about this last night, you know, like I used to be really obsessed about my routine and my gym routine and what I ate and, you know, my body and making sure it was always perfect and this and that. And I haven't had a second to even think about it. And like, I'll try to hit the gym when I can. I eat whatever I can whenever he's sleeping, just any waking moment, just to get some food inside of me. And I feel more confident and powerful than I ever have before. And it's so funny when like, you don't have to, 
well, I think because you're thinking about somebody else and you're truly in love with your life and what's happening. And yeah, so I think that I didn't expect that. I also didn't expect this amount of exhaustion. Like people tell you, you know, you're going to be tired. And I, it's shocking to me every day when I wake up that like, I have so much energy to get through the day when I slept maybe three hours. It's crazy. I didn't know I could survive on this little sleep and you just make it happen. You just do it. You just do it. I know. I love hearing you talk about how much your heart expanded this capacity of love that you did not think was possible. I have seven kids. And I, after my my first, I was like, I don't think I can have another. I can't possibly love enough to love two children. And with every baby, it just grows and grows to where you're just like, it's just, it boggles the mind. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I truly, I've, I've even said this, like, am I going to be able to love another yeah. baby? I know. Like I thought much? the same thing. I know. He you looks will. in my eyes and I'm like, oh my gosh, he loves I me. Know. I love you forever. Oh. I know. You know, what's even better is watching your child love on the baby. Like, your baby. And just, oh, there's nothing better than seeing that love between siblings. Incredible. I, can't wait. I mean, yes, okay. I, I also have a lot of siblings, so <laughs> they do love me and I love them. So I can imagine. I hope so. Do you have I'm a number in mind of how many children uh, you guys would like to have? I mean, that that's probably one of those questions I shouldn't be asking, but people no, want to know. No, no, no. We had several people in the community ask. If it were up to Val, we would have 10 children. No joke. (laughs) He loved the pregnancy experience. He was just like obsessed with it. And he loved, he's obsessed with what's happening right now for us. And no joke, this did happen. I delivered Rome. Literally five minutes later, my doctor is sewing me up Mm -hmm. and he looks at her and he goes, so are you available next year around this time? I was like, if you don't go out the door and sit down, (laughs) we're going to have an issue, my friend. No, I, I I don't know. I don't know. You know, and I think another question are people, people are like, oh, do you want to just like have another one really quick and Mm -hmm. pop them out? I don't know. I am so obsessed with every phase and it's such a fleeting time. Like I feel like time is flying by. I can't believe he's already four months. And so I just really want to be present and enjoy every moment. I would absolutely love more kids. I don't know if there's a number in mind. I've said two many times, but I loved being part of a big family, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. Whatever's meant to happen. You can set a number in your mind, but sometimes heaven has a different plan. You could have more or have less. Just wait and see. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, so his name is Rome. So many people want to know, what is the story behind his name? Is there a story? Such a cute name. Yes, there is. Thank you. I think a lot of people think that we got engaged in Rome, but we actually got engaged in Venice. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, they got engaged there. That's why they named him Rome. Mm -hmm. In general, Val and I love Italy. It's our favorite place on the planet. We want to move there as soon as we can. It's, it's just has such a sentimental feeling emotion for the two of us. Um, and so Val and I, we, we dated, we had a big breakup very dramatic. And when we started getting back together, he was like, you know, I think we should go on a trip. I really, really want to go on a trip. I'd love to travel and like make that a thing for us where we like travel every year. We set out some time and just go explore together, just the two of us. And so the first place that we went when we got back together was Rome, was Mm -hmm. Italy. And we, no joke, 
we had, I think, four days there, and I re-fell in love with him so hard on a deeper, more magical level, and it just became this, like, special place for us. And when we were talking about baby names, Val actually was the one that he was like, you know, I really love the name Rome. I, I would love for it to be Rome. And you know, I was just like swooning and I was like, oh, it's perfect. And I kind of went back and forth. I loved, it's so romantic. We wanted like a romantic name for our son. I loved the name Roman. Val Mm -hmm. didn't love the name Roman, just how it translates in Russian. And so we ended up with Rome and I love it. It's so good. All right. Speaking of Russian, any plans to raise Rome bilingual? Yes. Val speaks Russian and you speak English. Do you speak Russian? I do speak some. I am by no means fluent. Um, Mm -hmm. I have had a tutor, but honestly, the most helpful thing for me to learn Russian is just by practicing it and by hearing it constantly. Mm -hmm. So my mother-in-law actually doesn't speak English. She, so she and I only speak through like Russians, English, sign language, but it's been so helpful for me because I, and I've told her like, just speak to me in Russian because that's That's the only way I'm really going to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I definitely want, it's always been a huge priority for us and for me, especially to have Rome speak Russian and English. And so we kind of just do both when Val's with him, he'll speak to him in Russian. I'll obviously speak to him in English and his grandparents speak to him only in Russian. We do both Russian and English nursery rhymes and books, and it's it's awesome. You know, I think regardless, he's going to learn English in school, Yeah. but I really think it's important for him to have that culture and that language a part of his life. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Okay, you have mentioned, and actually, I think I saw an announcement, you are going back for season 32 of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Is that happening? You know, there was a huge announcement and I was getting like press breaks about it. And I was like, I have not been picked up for season 32 yet. Okay. Obviously, I think um, my husband, he was the one that kind of put this out there. He was asked if I would want to come back. And he was like, yes, Jen's ready to come back. She's like gung-ho about being part of season 32. So I have not officially been picked up okay. or asked back, but I would – with all my heart, love to be part of it. Well, they were talk so to me. sweet. No, they were so sweet about last season when I was pregnant. They still really heavily involved me. I got to choreograph a piece for Michael Buble. I got to choreograph a piece for Good Morning America. And so I still still felt part of the family, yeah. but I miss dancing so much. So yeah, I'd love to. I be bet. Back. Well, now, you know, now that Rome is on the scene, are you having any feelings about going back to work? I thought I saw a story on your Instagram actually talking about maybe starting to feel some guilt about being a working mom. And I just want to say, nope, no guilt allowed. I know. <laughs> but how are you dealing with those natural feelings that do creep in when you, especially when you want to hold on to every single moment with your new child? It's so hard. Um, because I would, without a doubt, stay home and be with him all day. It, it brings me the most joy. But, you know, so does, so does working and so does dancing. And I think that's kind of helped me not feel these guilty feelings is because I do know I love it and it brings me so much happiness. And I think I'll only be a better mother to him and be more present when I yes. am at home with him if I am going yes. back to work. A hundred percent. 
but it's hard because during the season, it's such a grueling process. It's three months of six hours a day, at least rehearsals, plus fittings, interviews, camera blockings, you know, so it is going to be a challenge, but, but I need to do it. And I would love to be that example for him that, you know, my mom does work. She is going back to work. She's making these sacrifices so he can have the best life possible. Yeah. I always felt like I was a better mom when I was doing what I loved. And I've I've been working with my husband and building a software company for the last 10 years, but all up until that point, it was theater. I love singing and dancing and Mm -hmm. acting. And whenever I was working, I could bring my best self home to be a mom. And it was maybe less of me at home, but it was the best version of me. You know, what's wild is I felt like with pregnancy, I was so inspired. Like during that time, I don't know if it was because like, what was everything that was happening, but I was so inspired. Like I had all these ideas coming to mind. And then even having him out now, it's just drawn Mm -hmm. so much inspiration for me. So I'm excited to see what will, what will happen. Um, and if I can bring that creativity to my workplace. I love it. Okay. Well, in the last season, you were partners with Jojo Siwa, which got so much media attention. And I love she shared that there's this mantra that she learned from you. We're prepared, we're excited, and we have each other. That that's how you guys kind of rallied to to do the work and to, to go face the world because not everyone thought it was amazing having, you know, a same-sex partnership on the yeah. show. But I love that mantra. It can apply to all parts of life. What was your experience like being JoJo's partner on the show? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a loaded <laughs> question. Um, well, you know, so I, I got the call from the executives and they said, hey, we have something really exciting happening this year. We're going to have the first ever same-sex pairing. And initially my head just went to two boys. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. This is going to be iconic. Awesome. Why are you telling me this? Which then followed with their next question. It's going to be two females. And we wanted to know if you'd be willing to dance with a girl. And I said, yes. I like didn't even hesitate for a second. I was just like, yes. I would love that. And then we hung up the phone. Then fear started to trail in. And I was like, OMG, what did I just say yes to? Can I do this? Am I capable of doing this? And then also the fear of there's going to be a lot of backlash. And they actually announced her. I think they announced her first that season. And they announced that she was going to be dancing with a girl without revealing that I was her partner or anything. And there was just people are rude. You know, there was so much hate going into it. And so then for like two weeks, I had to sit with this feeling of, man, this is going to be brutal. This is going to be super rough all season. And I already am an emotional train wreck. And so I knew that I was going to probably be very emotional season. Anyway, we did the premiere episode and the amount of love and support that we received was like any other season I'd ever experienced. It mm-hmm. was tenfold. And it made me so grateful that I had said yes to this challenge, but also so grateful for the moment and for, for what we were doing. And, you know, I think we showed that it doesn't have to be scary or gross or unpleasant to watch two people just create artistry together. Yeah. And 
you know, she became one of my closest friends and like a little sister to me. And it, it was one of the most magical seasons I'd ever had. I felt like I got to choreograph to my full potential. I did things that I'd never done before. And it was all because of this girl, this one girl, yeah. you know? And so I, I'm so happy that I did it. But yeah, what a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and going back to your mantra, we're prepared. We're excited. We have each other. I feel like in a way you must have been prepared because you just said yes. You're like right out of the bat. I mean, I think most people would be like, wait, I don't know. What is this going to do for my career? Is this the smart thing? Is this, you know, but you just, the fact that you just said yes so quickly. My dad always told me growing up, if you are prepared, you shall not fear. And that stuck with me my whole life, but especially in that moment, because I knew that if I ever was to wing it or doubt myself mm -hmm. and with Jojo, we wouldn't do our best and, you know, people wouldn't react well. And so I always told her, like, we have to be prepared. I have to be prepared for you. And then you have to be prepared for me because then we'll show up and we're going to do our thing and we're going to kill it. And yeah. yeah, that happened. And then I think also... You know, I learned this, I heard Derek say this one time um, in an interview that instead of letting the nerves get to him and being like, oh, I'm so nervous before a show or before a competition or anything, he would tell himself and repeat to himself, I'm excited. You know, I'm yes. really, really excited. So switching those words from nerves to yeah. excitement, that stuck with me. And so I think just like being prepared and then telling ourselves instead of we're so nervous, we're really, really excited to show what we've been practicing. And then, yeah, we had each other along the way. So, yeah, my daughter's actually doing a show. She's a singer, songwriter, and she's doing a big show tonight. Amazing. And last oh. night we were just talking about that same thing that your nerves, it's actually like the same chemicals of being like it anxious is. and nervous as it is excited. So just flip it in your brain. Like yeah. you're nervous, to, but you're, because you're excited to perform to and flip create. flip it and make and, it a more positive yeah. feeling or emotion is, yeah. is game changing. So yes, -changing. daughter, do the best. Yeah. Be Lakin, excited go tonight. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about what a blessing it is to be on a show doing what you love with some of your best friends. Because I know Lindsay Arnold, Whitney Carson, also from Utah, some of mm -hmm. your like longest friends. Um, and now you have this shared bond of motherhood, such yeah. a support to have this part of your life just... I just think it's incredible. I mean, we talk about the mom force being women supporting women, and you literally have your mom force, your own little mom force, a Dancing with the Stars, and what a blessing that is. It, you know, Lindsay and I have known each other since kindergarten, and we have we have so many memories together. And never in a million years did I think that we would end up on a show in Los Angeles dancing together. So it, it truly is a dream come true. And she's been she's been a rock for me out in LA. You know, it's I'm the only one that doesn't live in Utah. They both, Whitney and Lindsay, live back in Utah. But yeah, whenever whenever she's here doing the season, it's, it's just the best. It has a piece of home for me. And doing what you love with your best friends is amazing. And I got to watch her and Whitney become moms and still do the show. And that was such a great example for me and so inspiring. And they had great seasons, you know, and so it really was like, oh, yes, you can do this. And then I was able to get pregnant and they just had their babies. I know. Um, I saw that. Lindsay just had her, her newest second baby and so did Whitney. And so mm -hmm. it's just so great that 
you have that community and you have these shared memories together and now we're moms and we're going to bring our kids on set. And actually there are five new Dancing with the Stars babies that are going to be happening this next season. So Incredible. I had mine, Lindsay, Whitney, Daniela's about to have hers any second. And then Peta, my sister-in-law is pregnant and she's due in June. So we keep Amazing. laughing. We're like, should we ask them to have a daycare there? Like, I mean, seriously, I'm wondering, daycare? is there like a nanny for the show to bring <laughs> all the babies in? But I'm so excited. I want to get all of the babies like matching track suits with yeah. their names rhinestoned on them. Like I can't even wait for our kids they to grow up together. That. They yes. need all the rhinestones, yes. But <laughs> also, like, in L.A., I feel like I don't know a ton of babies or I'm not surrounded mm-hmm. by a ton of babies necessarily. And so the fact that Rome is going to have, like, four built-in best friends out here just makes my heart sore. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. Well, it's not a chatbooks podcast without wrapping up with a question about photos because I'm sure you took a lot of photos before, but now with your beautiful baby, you probably take a million billion. (laughs) It's insane. You know, I was thinking, I was going through my camera roll since January, since Rome was born. And I was like, what did I even take pictures of before this? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know because now my whole camera roll is him, him in bath time, him going to bed, him playing, him with Val, him with me. It's just, it's the best. And I'm so happy that we have technology where we can capture all of these moments because yeah. I go to my mom. I was even asking her just barely. I was like, where are my newborn pictures? Because I don't even know what I looked like as in a, a baby box somewhere, mom. probably. Yeah, so she's like, oh, it's in a scrapbook somewhere. And so anyway, I'm, I'm grateful that we have this technology that we can capture so many beautiful moments that he'll be able to have and look back on. I I don't think he needs 50 of him in bath time, but (laughs) I do. No, I need 50 of them. Well, (laughs) let me just say, I'm going to give you some chat books credit so that you can start saving some of the best photos in books so that he can hold them. We'll get you some monthly mini so his little baby hands can hold them and enjoy. But let me just give you, this is like my little bit of advice. I was at a couple of baby showers recently and I always love gifting chatbooks credit to new moms and this bit of advice that you're going to take a million photos and do take all of the photos, but create a regular habit of curating those once a week. Mm -hmm. I do it on Sundays, go through the photos from that week and delete the ones you don't need. You don't need 20 of one bath session, maybe two, three, four, maybe five, but a little bit of discipline will go a long way because as he gets older, you're going to keep taking pictures. And I one know. point, well, one day you're going to be like, I'm drowning in so <laughs> many photos. So just a little weekly habit. It'll pay off. You'll thank me later. That's so smart. I'll do it. I should okay. do it. <laughs> well, Jenna, you are so awesome. It's so fun to get to chat. Um, one last question. I had several people ask about your YouTube channel. They want to know, are yes. you going to be doing that again? Can they be looking Ugh. forward to more videos? So the answer is yes, actually. My husband and I are going to be moving to Napa for three months while he's doing a show out there called Saver After Hours with his brother. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be restarting YouTube together this time. So I'm very excited about what we're going to be sharing and a look into our lives together. So yes, the answer is yes. (laughs) Okay. People will be happy to hear that. Um, Jenna, where can people find more about you and your journey? And when will we know for sure about Dancing with the Stars? 
That's a good question. I think in <laughs> August we'll know for sure okay. about Dancing with the Stars. But you can follow me at Jenna Johnson on Instagram or on Twitter um, or on TikTok. I think I'm Jenna Chmerkovsky on TikTok. Good luck spelling that one. You'll have to Google that. <laughs> but yeah, and then hopefully this next season on Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all the good that you put in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. So fun chatting with you. Isn't she the sweetest? Now I know why she has so many adoring fans. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so happy if you shared it on your social media. And be sure to subscribe. The more, the merrier here on The Mom Force. And follow me over at Vanessa Quigley on Instagram for more Mom Force content. And as always, check out the show notes for a very special Chapbooks discount code. Until next time. <laughs>